Welcome to Crossroads Church in Rowlett. We're so glad you're here. Join us here for our weekly sermons or visit crossroadsrowlett.org for more information. All right, good morning, Crossroads. Uh, can, y'all can hear me? Okay, good. All right. We're back in our top 10 series, and we're talking about God's top 10 for our lives. And for yo, those of you who haven't been here, we're talking about the Ten Commandments, right? Sometimes we see these as just rules that keep us from having fun and being free, right? But they are more than that. But they are. There are guidelines to help us to stay free and experience the joy that God has for us. Right? I want you to imagine an on-ramp. You know those highways on top of highways on top of highways? Uh, Houston has a lot of them. It seems kind of intimidating, right? But if you go up the, uh, an on-ramp, sometimes it can be a little bit intimidating, right? Because you, you might figure, look, I can see over the side. That's a long way down. But what takes the intimidation out, what takes the fear out, is the guardrails. The guardrails are there to keep us safe. Okay, the guardrails also know, let us know that we're going in the right direction. So they keep us safe and going in the right direction. Now, rules, they don't create a relationship with God. Only Jesus does that. Right? But rules do help the relationship to thrive. So does anybody remember what uh, top 10, what number we're on today? Seven. Yeah, there you go. Right. Exodus 20:14. Do not commit adultery. Okay, buckle your seatbelts. We're going on a wild ride here today. Do not commit adultery. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Okay, y'all ready? Tell you what this verse means. Don't be sleeping with somebody you are not married to. Don't be sleeping with somebody you are not married to. Okay, worship team, I'm done. Yeah, yeah, no, right? You know, joking, but that's kind of how we see it. We see it like a, as a simple verse, right? But it's, we sell this commandment short because we look at it in terms of what we cannot do, right? We don't commit adultery. And we talk, think about what's off limits. But let's talk about what's affirming. There's an understanding of marriage in the first chapters of Genesis. And this is what this commandment is built to protect. Through Adam and Eve, we see God's intent for marriage. And yes, I said marriage. Adam and Eve were married, right? Adam didn't have to put a ring on it. He put a rib on it, right? Yeah. <laughs> God was not going to let them just be in the garden, butt cheeks all out, without them knowing their purpose. It was a union that God ordained, right? And when we think about don't commit adultery, what we're saying is thou shall have a great marriage and great intimacy, just like uh, guardrails on the guard on the ramp, this 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 commandment is protecting something, but at the same time, it's also building something. Marriage is like the greatest building project because it involves building up and tearing down. There's a middle school that's being built. Uh, right across the street from our house. And this middle school is going to be three stories high. The current middle school is only one story, but this one is going to be huge. So they have this big um, crane. It's a big crane. It has light at the top so a helicopter won't run into it, right? And it's a lot of dirt, a lot of workers there, and we have no parking. Like, for two years, we're just going to have to figure out how we're going to get in and out of, uh, of our driveway. So, but it takes some time, two years. Now, when the new middle school is built, they're going to tear down the old middle school, right? And so they said it's going to take about two weeks. So it's easy to say it takes time to build something good, but it takes no time at all to tear it down, right? Gary and I, 
We've been married for 19 years. This is my wife, Gabby, right? We've been married for 19 years. Yeah. We, we just celebrated 19 years uh, two weeks ago. Uh, if y'all can see, I got the best part of that, right? Okay. All right. And that's, you know, uh, we've been married for 19 years. And my motto when I was dating was, I was going to find me one bad one and spoiler, right? But then we got married, right? And then we saw how opposites we were, right? Gabby, she pays her bills on time. <laughs> right? I pay my bills when I get paid. You know what I'm saying? That's how I thought it was supposed to be. I got the money, they get the money. No, right? But the TV shows she watched, they are so boring. <laughs> there is no action in the crown, y'all. None. It's only talking and drinking tea, right? It's so boring, right? But, you know, being different, that's a good thing because marriage is one of the greatest building projects because of what it produces. God gave me a helper, and he gave me a helper suitable for me. And when we look at that term helper, I don't want y'all to look at it in a small way, like I would look at my, my youngest son and say, hey, thank you, your daddy's little helper. No, no, no. Look at it because God calls himself a helper. The Holy Spirit is called a helper, right? It's a, it's a, it's a big deal. And it allows me through marriage to be less selfish. I say less because I'm still selfish, right? right? But it allows me to be less selfish because I get to focus on somebody else. I get to put the focus on Gabby. I focus on her. And y'all, in marriage, like it or not, we see the true us. Now, this ain't the true y'all. This is church y'all, right? I'm going to tell you where the true y'all comes in at, right? The true y'all is when you wake up in the morning. That's the true you, Right? And then the second true you is a little bit in the evening or when you first get off work and you walk through that front door, right? That's the true you, right? Okay, that's when we get to see the true us, right? But the cool thing about it is in a marriage, we can't go nowhere or we don't go nowhere. We choose not to go nowhere. We choose to accept that person for who they are. We see the true us in marriage, right? And um, the other thing is, and this is really important, right? Not for you singles, but for you married people, right, there are no more cold nights, right? In marriage, there are no more cold nights, and I'm just going to let you figure out what I mean about that, right? We stay warm at night together. We're making it, right? Now, if I was to step outside of marriage and be with someone else, that would be like taking a wrecking ball and just boom, tearing down everything that we have worked so hard to build. How foolish would that be? How foolish that would that be? Proverbs uh, chapter 6, verse 32 says, But the man who commits adultery has no sense. Whoever, whoever does so destroys himself. We destroy ourselves. So I want to talk to you about adultery today in two, in two ways, right? And y'all going to have to hang on with me for a minute because first one I want to talk about is adultery light. And we're going to talk about adultery heavy. Adultery light and adultery heavy. Don't worry, if you don't understand, you get the price of admission back. All right. <laughs> Adultery light. You've been caught. Your spouse found out. Everything is in the open now. Your marriage may be in danger of being done. Trust is gone. Now, that's the first thing to happen, the trust being gone. Right? You ever tried to leave the house, right? If you do something like that, leave the house, and you know that your spouse is on that phone because they have that locator app in there. And they're fine, they're, they're saying, wherever you go, until you walk back through that door, right? So that, the trust is gone. The second 
Your, sp your spouse feeling special, that's gone. You ever know why Hallmark doesn't have a section called adultery in their little card section, right? It's not one, right? Because imagine buying a card saying you're the only one for me for Valentine's Day. You just proved that was a lie, right? And let's talk about doubt. You wonder if this is the same person I married. Is this the same person that I fell in love with? And so I know you're asking, you know, Titus, why are you calling it adultery light? Oh, that sounds so bad. It is. But get this. Jesus calls us to a higher standard. Y'all, it gets worse. Jesus says, um, this is what it says in Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter 5, 27 to 28. This is Jesus talking. He says, you have heard that it was read, uh, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully in his heart has committed adultery with her in his heart. I'll read that again. And you have heard it being said that you, you shall not commit adultery, but I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Now, it's not just about the act of adultery. It's about where adultery starts in the heart. Any Tupac fans out there? <laughs> thank, thank, thank you. Because I said that first time, it was like one person. It was Gabby, you know. And so I said, I said thank you, baby. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. But yeah, Tupac had this song, right? And it was called Me Against the World. And growing up, a young man from Alabama trying to make it in this hard world, you know, I used to look at that, man, it's me against the world, baby. But then I met Gabby, it wasn't me against the world anymore, right? Uh, when we look back at Genesis, back to the garden, God saw that it wasn't good for Adam to be alone. So what he did in his goodness is he made him a helper that was suitable for him. Gabby is that helper that's suitable for me. Now, although Gabby and I have been married for all of these years, right, we still have to protect our marriage from this idea of lust of the heart. Now, maybe you have no intention of physically going outside of your marriage, but you do some things that can put your marriage in jeopardy of this lust of the heart. One thing you can do is you can read these steamy graphic romance novels. Y'all have to don't, don't look around. Just look at me. All right, don't look around, right? You view things that are, in, that are not appropriate on Instagram and TikTok. You may look up an old boyfriend or an old girlfriend on Facebook. You may view pornography. Lust of the heart can even come from Hallmark movies. Don't hit me for saying that, but it's the truth, right? Nobody in my family owns a castle or anything like that, so... <laughs> But the reason I say that is, right, they produce unrealistic expectations. Art is supposed to imitate real life, not unrealistic expectations for love and marriage. Um, you have art imitating a false sense of life. It's not real. It creates unrealistic expectations, dissatisfaction, and a lack of desire to be intimate with your spouse because you're physically and emotionally being satisfied somewhere else. Um, it's all false. And it's a temporary sense of satisfaction that leads to needing more. It's kind of like Chinese food. <laughs> right? Y'all ever been to a good Chinese buffet? Right? You eat it, and then two hours later, what? You're hungry again? Man, that is so true, man. Right? But what it does is it brings guilt, shame, separation from God, and your spouse. Yep. Lust of the heart. That's heavy. Right? 
So maybe the biggest obstacle isn't, the big, 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 maybe the biggest obstacle in your marriage isn't out there somewhere. Maybe the biggest obstacle in your marriage is you. Y'all, we are all sinners, and sin is rooted in our selfishness, right? Selfishness is the biggest obstacle in our marriage. You know, I get frustrated with Gabby's selfishness because her selfishness gets in the way of my selfishness. <laughs> it is so true. It is so true. So how do we move past this to have the marriages that God intended for us? We can start by taking small steps in the right direction, right? And these small steps, guys, they'll take you places that you didn't think that were even possible. First thing, let's stop being okay with our marriages not being great. Do you feel like roommates texting more than talking? Only when, and sometimes, you know, you only talk about logistics. What's, what's the lunch meat for the week? Uh, what bills do we have to pay? Who's going to pick up the kids? You lack intimacy. Are you bumping fists instead of locking lips? That's a problem. <laughs> right? Your spouse gets what's left of you and not what's best of you. Let's stop being okay with our marriages not being great. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 4 says, In struggling against sin, and we're going to talk about mediocrity in marriage, you have not resisted to the point of the shedding of blood. That's what I'm talking about, the hard stuff. Shed your blood. Okay, it didn't say their blood. It didn't say your spouse's blood, right? It says you haven't resisted to the point of shedding your blood. Fight for what God gave you. That's the big fight for what God gave you. Focus on yourself and not your spouse. It's never all him or all her. There are two people who are part of the problem. So stop looking across the table and let's start looking in the mirror. Right? Admit your failures to God and accept his forgiveness. 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and purify us, all, us of all unrighteousness. Y'all start fresh with forgiveness today. And if you, ha- you suffer from infidelity in your marriage, right, it, it, look, it can, it can break, it can tear everything down. But we have a good God who can restore you. Seek his forgiveness. Seek, seek his forgiveness. Four, admit your failures to your spouse and ask for his or her forgiveness. Now, culture has lied to us, right? Uh, to admit that we have a problem, sometimes it feels like we, we're giving up the power, if we admit that we have a problem, we're giving up power. Right? That's a lie. The most powerful marriage tool that you have comes from three words. I was wrong. It will change your marriage. Now, I can't promise you that it's going to give you the same forgiveness that God will, but I can promise you this. If you never ask for it, you will never receive it. I'm going to tell you all a little story. I, I, Gavin was here first hour, too, so I kind of, you know, sneaked it in on it. About eight years ago, um, Gabby wanted us to go out on a date because we had two kids under two, and they were bad. I mean, they were all over the place. It's probably still bad now, right? So Gabby said, look, we need to go out on a date. We need to reconnect. Boom. So we go out on a date. Uh, we, the rest, we go to a restaurant. The guy sits us down, and we start talking, you know, and uh, just kind of reconnecting. But the corner of my eye, I look, and the Cowboys game was on, Right? <laughs> And, and Gabby noticed me looking at the game, but also trying to look at her. 
look at the game, look at her, look at the game, look at her. And she said, you can go and look at the game if you want to. It was a trap, but I fell for it. <laughs> it was. I fell for it. I did. But I'm sorry, right? Let me leave. Okay, listen. And, and, and it's this saying. I don't know where it comes from. I just always heard it all my life. When you love somebody, you never have to say, I'm sorry. That's the dumbest thing I ever heard. That's the dumbest thing I ever heard. If I love you because I know me, I do dumb stuff all the time, all the time. I have to constantly tell her, look, I'm sorry because I love her. That's my baby, you know? So you got to be willing to apologize, right? I was wrong. Right? Okay, and look, we also need to ask for God's power. This is a big one. Jesus says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. For anyone who asks receives, and anyone who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be open. Ask for his strength. And it is a small step of faith, right? And you will see, see it big in a transformative way in your marriage. Now, we can't, we can't do this by ourselves. Marriage is hard. Marriage is hard. Yeah, I even, like in the back, when I teach the kids, right, and we get those different colored Play-Dohs, and we try to mash them together, you can still see where the other Play-Doh came from. You know what I mean? And that's what kind of marriage is like, right? It's the two becoming one. It's not always easy. But with God's help, it can be done. It can be done. You can transform your marriage today. Pray and ask God for his help. Now, this is adultery tears down the relationship between you and your children. Psalms 127 verses 3 and 4 says, Children are inherited from the Lord, an offspring, a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. I like it that God sees me as a warrior, right? He sees me as a dad, but he sees me as a warrior. He sees Gabby as a warrior. Children are a gift from God that can be used as weapons in a dark world. You know, that's, that's big. God gave me my kids for a reason, right? They are arrows, and my job is to aim those arrows and shoot them into dark places. And to do that, my kids need something from me. That's my time. Church, we call it discipleship, but time. Your kids need your time. Nothing says more love to your kids more than T-I-M-E, than time, you being there. And let me tell you, it's not about you just raising your kids. I get the opportunity to raise my kids' kids because what I put into my kids, I pray that they put into their kids. How I show my kids how I love Gabby, I hope they even show their spouse how they love their spouse even more. My kids are constantly watching what we do, and that's a good thing. So we constantly got to pour into them, right? Because they are a blessing. God said they are a heritage, right? And I'm going to tell you this. If I was to go out and let's say cheat on Gavin, I know Gavin ain't going to keep me. I told you I got problems. And so if I were to cheat on Gavin, she most likely would leave me. And I'm going to tell you all this to be honest with you. I don't want another man raising my kids. I don't want another man raising my kids. God gave them to me. I want to see that through. That's my mission. That's our mission together. 
And I don't want to abandon that mission. I love them little dudes. They get on my nerves, but I love them. You know? That's, but that's, and that's my mission. You know, I want to be that war that God has called me to be. I want to point them in the right direction. That is my responsibility. But remember, too, in having this responsibility, how we relate to each other in marriage matters because they are constantly watching. I guarantee you, my kids can tell you every argument Gabby and I had, right? Because they're always bringing it up at the wrong time. <laughs> always, well, I remember that time. I'm like, man, family business, bro. <laughs> yeah. Now, adultery also tears down what God is building in the life of you and someone else, in your life and someone else's. We all know the story of Joseph, the guy who had the coat of many colors, you know. He was a little arrogant in the beginning, right? He talked his brothers all wrong, so they got a little retaliation, beat him up, threw him in a well, and then sold the man into slavery, which was wrong, right? So he ends up at this guy named Potiphar's house, right? But what God does is he gives him, like, favor in Potiphar's house. So he's a slave in Potiphar's house, and he's working, y'all. But God gives him favor. It says in the Bible that Potiphar put Joseph over everything. He says the only thing that Potiphar had to worry about was what he ate. I need me a Joseph so bad. <laughs> right? But get this, though. Joseph, I mean, Potiphar's wife, she took notice of Joseph, and she wanted a piece of that. Right? And so... When Joseph and her were alone, she tried to get Joseph. But Joseph said no, and he ran. And this is the cool part. Listen to this, right? Not only would it have been a sin against Potiphar, but Joseph said, how could I sin against my God? How can I sin against my God? And even when David was caught in adultery, right? He said pretty much the same thing. God, this is a sin against you. God, I sinned against you. Right? Adultery, it tears down relationships. It tears down families. Matthew 19, 4 through 6 says, Haven't you read, he replied, that in the beginning the Creator made them male and female, and said, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be united with his wife, and the two will become one flesh, so they will no longer be two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. The work of marriage is also the mission of marriage. We are on mission together. What God created, let no man separate, because we are on mission together. We endure together what God has put together. And again, that ain't always easy, because you got two people with two different worldviews, who sees life totally different. I don't understand her TV shows. She don't understand mine. A lot of shooting in mine, but it's okay. Right? We don't understand each other. But what God has put together, we figure out how to make that work with his help. Um, in this union, we give glory to God for what he has done through us, right? What we're building, that's all because of God. We, we, we can't be married, be, have this union, 
if it doesn't involve God. It, it won't work. It will not work. Adultery is a wrecking ball called idolatry. Sex has a way of taking over our lives. Sex has become a god to us. It can be an idol. For many, romantic love and sex is what they feel that they can't live without. For many, sex is beauty. Nothing wrong with looking good. Nothing is wrong with being beautiful until it becomes the thing that you can't live without. For many, sex is in control of them. You can't quit looking. Sex has become a god. Do not commit adultery. This is, this is definitely, yeah, about sex, but it's also about so much more. It's about a mission. Jesus wants us to protect that mission so much that he raises the bar from just sex to impacting our very soul. Matthew 5, 29 through 30 says, If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. For it is better to lose one of your members than the whole body to be thrown in hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it is better for you to lose one of your members than the whole body to be thrown in hell. Now, y'all calm down. Calm down. I don't want nobody to leave here and come back next Sunday without a hand and an eye. All right? Don't y'all do that. I'm not saying that. Jesus is not saying that, right? But what he is saying, he's being metaphorical. He said he's not saying to actually do that. But what he is saying is that you cut yourself off from the things that causes you to sin. That could be the internet. That could be apps. You know, that could even be the wrong, being in the wrong relationship. So get away from those relationships. God is pleading with us not to let our body or our choices in sin to drag us to destruction in our life, our marriages, and our mission. So he does give us, a, he does give us hope and a way out. He gave us Jesus. And, it, and he is to set us free and put us on the missions that matter. Do you see why marriage matters to God? So I want to ask, like, what is your God? If, 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 you, if you let sex and romantic love, if you have sex and romantic love displace God, so what does Jesus tell us to do? He would, he would want us to radically go to war with it, right? But external changes can only go so far. We need his power to overcome this. Adultery is an idol that undermines my marriage, the other person's marriage, and their future marriage. Undermining marriage means we dig out what's underneath. This affects the very foundation of everything that my marriage is built on. When you dig out the foundation, when you dig out what's underneath my marriage, not only does it affect my relationship with Gabby, it also affects my relationship with my kids, it also affects my relationship with all of you, it affects my relationship with my ministry, it all comes tumbling down. It's very destructive. It undermines the mission that God has set me on. So do you see why this matters so much to God? So what do we do? We have to return to the first commandment. And it says, love the Lord and have no other gods before him. What we crave in sex and intimacy, we can find in Jesus. 
There is only one kiss, one set of arms that can feel what our heart needs. He is the ultimate beauty. He is the intimacy that our soul craves. When we find him, that's where we find the power to say no to all of these little gods and say yes to what's best for us. Do not commit adultery. If you're saying we're going we're gonna to stand, I want to pray for you real quick as we uh, get started. So please stand. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Father, Lord, that you want us to go in the right direction. You want us to live lives, Lord, that glorify you, our spouse, our family, Father, and also our generations to come. You call us to a standard, Father, Lord, but you don't just say, hey, I want you to uphold that standard. You are right here with us, Father, Lord, helping us to be what you've called us to be. Adultery is so destructive. It, it can destroy everything that you put us on mission for, Lord, and that's relationships. So help us to know, Father, Lord. Help us to be strong in our marriages. Help us to be strong even as singles to resist sex outside of marriage. Lord, we love you and we thank you. It is in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen.